But there's one app that everybody seems to have forgotten about that gets opened all day, every day. And that's the email app. And the experience of reading an email through the email app is actually a really phenomenal experience. You know, unlike Instagram, you know, where you've got your feed and it's just this never ending kind of thing where you never really get any sense of satisfaction. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to another fun episode of Flip My Flow Podcast. This is with uh, my really good friend. I think in the last year, I've fallen like, and like, you know, there's a guy love that can happen. Like, this is totally like, you know, man crush, uh, like going on because I've heard Ryan uh, on a couple of times, obviously at Drift, Hypergrowth. And, and then I think he started just to me in my feed on LinkedIn and stuff. I'm like, who is this guy? And then I think we ended up having dinner with a few folks later on at Inbound. And at that point, I realized, oh, my goodness, this he knows stuff. He knows about digital marketing. He knows about entrepreneurship. He knows about what's buzzing and latest in tech uh, right now, especially for marketers. So anybody who's in marketing, this, this uh, I think is going to be a lot of fun. So Ryan, man, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. You're the CEO of Digital Marketing, which is at least 11 years old. And you've been obviously in a lot of different things. Shark Tank guy, Damon John, calls you the leading digital marketer. So we're going to get a sneak peek on like how that happened. We want to talk about, I was watching one of your videos on uh, your company culture, and they said there is something called the biggest sin in marketing. So I want, to, I want to talk about that too. And then the next big thing, which is the talk track you've been having lately, so we're going to get into that as well. So Ryan, welcome to the show, man. Sangram, thanks for having me, buddy. Awesome. All right. So w- one thing, I did not give you a heads up, but I think you can come up with this. We always try to do a fun fact. Uh, about someone who's new to the audience. So one fun fact that you haven't really shared a whole lot, a lot with others. I can juggle poorly. <laughs> but I do think, I think that any, well, people don't really, anybody can learn to juggle. And I think everybody should learn to juggle because it is oddly impressive to other people. And so if you're looking for a party trick, you can learn, you can learn to juggle just about anything. So whether you, if you want to go into like, if you just want to make this podcast about how to teach yourself how to juggle, we can do that. But that is my, that is my one, I don't even call it a talent. That's the only <laughs> thing outside of selling stuff online that I'm actually yeah. good at. Well, you know, I'm not even that good at that. So. <laughs> well, it's entertaining. So I think, you know, people watch entertainment. People, you, you, if you can capture attention for even a minute or two of people, which is a long time, you, you essentially can do something with that attention. So that's- Can I tell you, can I give you a one minute yeah. on how to juggle? You want to hear yes, it? Yes, go for it. Okay, here's what you do. You imagine a box in front of you, okay? Yeah. You imagine a box in front of you and all you do, you start with like two balls and all you do is you throw, you know, you, so if you got a ball in your right hand, you simply throw it into the, the upper left-hand corner of the imaginary box that's in front of you. As that ball is approaching that corner, you simply throw the other one and all you're doing is just throwing it back and forth. Then you introduce a third one and you're literally just throwing it into corners. And, you know, as long as you kind of get good at catching what you just threw, get good at throwing it more or less in the same place, uh, you can juggle. Now, moving beyond three into like four <laughs> and five or something, I don't know. That's just absolute magic. I can't do that. But um, it impresses young children. 
So you know, have you ever thought of walking on a stage with juggling juggling a few balls and see what happens? I think I've actually done it once before at my own event. I wouldn't do it at anybody else's because <laughs> I'd probably make an absolute fool out of myself and them. So, <laughs> well, you know, that is the best way to relate to everybody is to not not be there like I know it all to like, hey, you know what? I fumbled too. I think it actually might work out. I would fumble on purpose and and show that hey, look, it's not easy. Wouldn't have to do it on purpose. I, I do it. <laughs> All right. So how, first of all, you have been in digital marketing space for, for a long time. And we, we, talk, we started talking about this idea. So let's just get into, the, the, before we get into like the big next big thing, how did you and Damon John, the Shark Tank guy, connect? And, and what's the connection there? How did, how did he know you? How do you guys work in business for digital marketing? Yeah, sure. It's, 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 it's kind of a funny story. So I'm, I'm best known, uh, you know, for as being a marketer, you know, that's the thing that I'm my public persona is I'm out there, you know, CEO of digitalmarketer.com, talk about marketing, but really I'm an entrepreneur. I mean, I've always started companies. I started my very first company online, uh, made my first sale online in 1999, literally as a freshman in college for my college dorm room. Uh, right. So this is the only thing that I've ever done for my entire uh, adult life. And uh, one of the companies that I actually acquired happened to be in the survival and preparedness space. So it was, mm-hmm. um, it was a media site and we also had an e-commerce component to it. So we had a store, we sold, you know, different like flashlights and stabby knives and, and camping gear and stuff like that. A really fun business um, that, that we acquired and uh, grew it to a really successful company. We wound up selling it uh, last year, actually. But mm. it just so happened that one episode of, you know, one season of Shark Tank, somebody came on Shark Tank who was also in the survival and preparedness space. Not a lot of people know this about Damon, but Damon is super into, you know, outdoor stuff. He actually lives on a farm. Yeah. Uh, he has a farm in, up, you know, in upstate New York. So uh, somebody came on who was into survival and preparedness and, you know, kind of evasion and tactical type stuff. He geeked out, funded the company, and then realized afterwards, I don't know anything about this space. Who can I partner with? So he started looking around, asking around on who he should partner with. Somehow, apparently, my name and our company came up. So just one day out of the blue, my phone rings, and I don't answer it because I don't know what kind of lunatic answers a phone from a number they don't recognize these days. But my phone rings, it goes to voicemail, and I decide to check it. And I hear, hey, Ryan, this is Damon John. I don't know if you know who I am, but uh, there's a survival company on Shark Tank. I, I like to talk to you about it. I was like, hey, seriously? And so, yeah, he just, he got my number from, from a buddy, called me up out of the blue. And um, we wound up partnering on that, on that business and then doing some other businesses together. I had, a, had the opportunity to go out to the set of Shark Tank and kind of sit backstage and, you know, talking to his person's ear about, you know, different businesses that might be worth funding. You know, the yeah. reality is they're making TV. So it's yeah. not like it's, yeah, there's not a lot of really great businesses that I wanted to own, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, I've been a good friend um, for a number of years now. That got to be some experience. How many, how many years before was this? When was this? That was back in 2016, 2017. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, it's, and, and we've done, you know, he's come out and spoke at, at our event and traffic and conversion summit twice. Um, wow. And, you know, last, last year, uh, just kind of out of the blue, I was like, Hey, you want to come and speak? And he's like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll yeah. happen to be in the area. So, you know, it, it's nice. He's a, he's a, he's a cool down to earth guy and I'm a hustler, like almost nobody I've ever known. He, yeah. he is always doing stuff and a, a really, really, really smart guy. You know, so. that's one thing that I'm realizing about a lot of people when we think about entrepreneurship and stuff is like, 
you're always thinking, you're always going, you're always testing, you're always doing stuff. And a lot of times we think that, well, if people have made it, they've done it. But I look at you who has done, you're actually are starting another company. You're investing in another third. You're constantly going back and forth. So before we get into like the, the whole marketing and what's the next big thing, which I really want to talk about, give me a mindset of like, what is it in entrepreneur mindset? What is it in your mind is like, why not just stick with one company and just keep going with that one thing? Why, why is it there like this? Well, let me try this, this, and the third company and second company. Is it like sometimes because I think is it because, you know, it's grew too fast and you go, want to go back to the basics and you want to like get your hands dirty and stuff. It's, I'm just curious. Yeah. So I've, in, in my career, I have, I, I counted at one point. I mean, I, I've started over 60 companies. And some of them, you know, were very small and kind of crashed and burned quickly. Right now in our, our portfolio group, there are eight companies kind of mm. under our portfolio group. This time last year, there were over 20. Um, mm. We actually, you know, exited a few of them. And so I don't, you know, it's a good question. If I, I the answer that I, that I like to give is that I enjoy, you know, I'll come up with an idea and, and I want to see if it works and I enjoy the creative process. I, I like the start. I like. I like testing my own ideas, even yeah. if they don't work. I just, I need to know if it'll work. And so I've really created a company here that is kind of my own incubator and it's, and it's designed to, to allow me to kind of, and, and, you know, the team here to live out all of my entrepreneurial ADHD. It's one of the reasons <laughs> that we've never raised capital because yeah. I knew if we were to raise capital, they would require me to focus on it, right? Yeah. And I don't want to do that. I'd probably be a lot more successful if I did just pick one thing and focus. But I think also if I'm really being honest and kind of what you sort of alluded to it, I think I'm scared that if I just did one thing and it didn't work, that I would be done. And yeah. so, you know, I've found, and I've had the opportunity to hang out with a lot of successful celebrity types, you know, people who are, you know, on TV and who, who've done movies, folks who've, who've made a lot of money. And what they're all afraid of is they're all afraid of being a has-been, you know, yeah. and that's why you see these, these folks still out there, you know, still, you know, why is Jerry Seinfeld still doing stand up from time to time? I think when you're good at something, you don't want to lose it and you don't want to become irrelevant. And I think I live in a constant state of being a has been entrepreneur, of being an irrelevant entrepreneur. And I don't want to do that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 39 right now. I don't want to be done before I'm 40. I mean, it could be financially speaking, but I don't know what I would do. It's, I'm not good at anything else, for better or worse. Right? I'm not good at anything. I suck at golf. I suck at giant. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm not good at it. And, and, I, and I try to balance, you know, I've got four kids. I try to balance it. But I think really, if I'm being honest with myself, I think I'm, I, I, think I most fear irrelevance. And so that's yeah. why I keep launching new things to prove that I can. Uh, I mean, that, that's so true, man. I think that's why you've been experimenting with so many different ideas. So give us your next big idea that you've been talking about lately. So from in terms of a marketing thing or, or like yeah. next big business that we're launching? Well, let, no, just marketing thing. The next okay. big marketing thing. Yeah, because I mean, that's the other thing. You know, I, I'm, I think I'm known as a marketer, even though, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of more of a startup founder. But yeah. my favorite part of creating companies is the marketing of them. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, I've got a new, you know, we've got a new business, which means I got something new to market. I've got a new right. toy to play with. And you know, it's, it's, been, it's been really fascinating over the last couple of years watching all these new channels emerge and people jump into all these new, people jumping into all these new channels. Uh, you know, look, I remember when Google AdWords was brand new. I bought pay-per-click ads on Overture when it was called goto.com, which was yeah. acquired by Yahoo. 
you know, which was the kind of back-end technology that Google ultimately either acquired or stole, depending on who you talk to, uh, to, to build AdWords. So I've been doing this for a long, long, long time, and I've seen a lot of channels you know, rise and a lot of them come down. And it's been interesting watching everybody double down on social and these new channels, which I think is smart. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but there's one channel in particular that everybody seems to have forgotten about a little bit. And it's kind of quietly having a bit of a renaissance. And I don't see a lot of people talking about it because I think it's just a little bit old and uncool. And that's email. And specifically the good old fashioned email newsletter. And if there's one channel right now that is delivering better results for us than any other, it is email, but it's specifically email now that we've been sending out an email newsletter again. Because what we did, see, I I used to do this. Like I used to, before blogs or any of this stuff existed, the way that we communicated with our list was through email newsletters, what we called e-zines back then. Do you remember when they were called e-zines? Oh man, I remember e-zines. Yes, yes. Exactly. (laughs) So might not even like, what is e-zines? We'll we'll put it in the show notes for you. So, I mean, it it is like, that's, if you know e-zines and you've been doing this for probably too long. So e-zine was the thing that everybody did. And then something happened, blogging content marketing, inbound. And suddenly, I know, like I remember when it happened, I all of a sudden decided, oh, email newsletter, that's stupid. Why do do I want to send out content via an email newsletter? I'm going to start publishing that online to our blog. That way more people can see it. And yeah, I'll send out an email telling people that they can go and read it. But when we did that, we stopped putting content in our subscribers' inboxes. Yeah, We stopped putting content you know, right there in, in the email. And we started instead saying, go and read the content over here. Then social happened. And then we said, oh no, now let's put the content in the social channels, right? Now let's bring, do it here. And then all the social channels got inundated with, you know, noise and ads. And they, you know, if you look at social channels, how engagement has been steady on decline. If you look at, you know, the effectiveness of, blogging and organic content. I mean, the reality is, is nobody's going out, out and reading your blog. They're just yeah. not. The people that are reading your blog are the people who are finding it in search. It's a, it's a new group of people every day. People aren't reading your blog like a, like a periodical or a, or a magazine. But what we found is actually the engagement in our email has been going up as long as we've been putting content in their inbox. And I think the biggest thing that's, that has driven this is mobile. So wait a think- minute. You're talking yeah. about like, so are you thinking about like email as more of an engagement channel with your existing customer base or existing set of followers, not necessarily from a growth perspective? So I think it's, yeah, it's going to be there more for Ascension engagement. Um, we don't do a lot with outbound email. I, I believe that, that what, what the model used to be is you post really, really, I, I want to say what the model used to be, the inbound model. Yeah, right. So the, everybody, I think most people know the outbound model, right? The outbound model is, we're going to, you know, we're going to do outbound cold calling, cold emailing, you know, yeah. really, really simple, still, still works to a certain, to a certain extent, but that's one of the things that has that type of email, it has kind of been on decline in, in yeah. terms of, uh, and then the opposite end of the spectrum was inbound. And with the inbound model, it's let's produce a lot of free content. Yeah. People will see it. Uh, then they'll want to, you know, gain access to some of our gated content so that we can, you know, get, you know, they get higher value stuff and then we can follow up, nurture, and then eventually, you know, they'll- It's a long process. We just run out the whole thing. 
So here's what we're doing. What we've switched it over to is we advertise, crazy concept. I know for a lot of inbound marketers out there. So we buy advertising on Google and Facebook and Instagram. And by the way, if you're B2B and you think, ah, you know, Instagram's not going to work for me. Facebook's not going to work for me because I'm B2B. I should only be on LinkedIn. You're wrong. I'll just say it. it. It works. We do a lot of stuff in B2B as well. We've got consumer. We got B2B. I'm in the SaaS space. I have the luxury of eating my own dog food and getting yeah. to see this stuff work across a lot of different sectors but, um, and, and, and verticals. But we'll advertise on these different channels. And we're going back and we're, you know, we're offering a tool. Like yeah. people who think that, oh, gated content doesn't work anymore. Nobody wants to opt in and fill out your form anymore. They will. They just don't want your stupid report. Mm, okay. Mm. But if you can give them a really cool tool, and then what we've done is we've said, you get this tool when you become an insider, when you become a member, when you become a subscriber. And the primary deliverable of this free subscription of this free tool is an email newsletter. Like that is, we have productized the email list. And that's a key feature. Okay. We have productized our email list. It's not just, you're going to be, you know, we're just going to mail you now. It's yeah. if you want to get access to this tool and you can do the same with premium gated content. If you want to get anything, if you want to get access to this, then you have to be a member. Let me give you an example that I think a lot of people would be familiar with uh, drift. Yeah. So most of us, you know, I bet most of your listeners know who drift is yep. drift has insider. Right. So they've got, and if you go to drift.com forward slash insider, it's a free membership level. And essentially what they've done is they have productized their email list. Now, what I would recommend that they do, and what I'd recommend that you do if you model it, is don't merely say, hey, become an insider. Don't merely say, hey, sign up for my newsletter. Because still people don't necessarily want that right from the get-go. There's no immediate promise today. Mm -hmm. But if you can have one of these one, one of the, the pieces of content that you have sort of behind in your membership area, a really cool video or a webinar recording, something you know was solid. We found tools are the best. So calculators, templates, swipe files, any of those things. And then you say, you can have this when you become an insider. Yeah. That's what's the most, uh, that's what is most effective. And so that's what's going to get you the high, you know, conversion rate on the front end. And then the ongoing follow-up, the ongoing delivery of content back in their inbox again is what's going to get you the engagement. And that's what we found is the most effective. So you advertise to not get email addresses, to not get leads, but to get you know, free, essentially newsletter subscribers, but you need to productize it, give it a name, yeah. make it seem like it's something more substantial. Yeah. So, I mean, when I think about that, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with like Morning Brew and like mm-hmm. Scam and stuff. Like, I mean, because when I saw their numbers, I was like blown away. I'm like, what? They're like, you know, in three years or something like that, they got like a 3 million people subscribing or five. I don't know yeah. what the latest numbers are. Morning Brew, The Hustle. Uh, yeah. You know, a buddy of mine, Sam Parr, runs The Hustle. So the hustle.co, uh, morningbrew.com, the hustle.co. Also look at the skim. Yeah.com. Right. Yep. These are all companies where their primary flagship offering is a newsletter. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. The newsletter is, ha- the email newsletter is having a renaissance again because mobile, the experience on a mobile device, the app that everybody, people talk about what apps are you opening all day. And yeah, it's going to be your Instagram and your Facebook. And, um, you know, we're, we're both pretty active on LinkedIn. Yep. But there's one app that everybody seems to have forgotten about that gets opened all day, every day. And that's the email app. <laughs> Yes. And the experience 
of reading an email through the email app is actually a really phenomenal experience. Yeah. You know, unlike, you know, Instagram, you know, where you've got your feed and it's just this never ending kind of thing where you never really get any sense of satisfaction. Yeah. You get to the bottom of an email, you're done. Yeah. (laughs) There's value. There's content there. I didn't have to click on anything. I didn't have to go anywhere. And so people are really, really enjoying subscribing to these, these newsletters. And now folks are figuring it out. And so what we're, people are now predicting, oh, we've reached peak email newsletter. Kind of like people were saying, we've reached, you know, peak podcast a couple of years ago. It yeah. all is still going to come down to quality. But yes. I think that this is the big opportunity. Most B2B companies have blogs. You've got B2B companies that are launching events. Very few of them have a free level mm. that the primary deliverable on the back end is an email newsletter. Even Drift isn't doing that part yet. Yeah. Um, no, you- so let me ask you this. So I'm doing two things uh, because last time when we talked, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And then I started looking at it. And I'm like, that's crazy. That's true. That's insane. So I'm doing two things and I'm going to get like real time advice on you. So we haven't talked about it. If anybody's listening to this, like, you know, we're just doing real time. One is on, I put a note out there a couple of days ago saying that, hey, I'm going to start a quarterly CMO brief. Because I feel like majority of the stuff that CMOs are seeing right now, when I look at, like, let's be honest, like Gartner for it, I mean, it is all so fluffy or like all these different things. I'm like, I don't really get anything out of it. And I just put a quick note like, hey, if you're interested in it, if you're forward-thinking marketer, CMO, let me know. I'm going to have like about 20 or 30 CMOs in this group that we will talk about it every uh, other month. And whatever the topic comes up and the, show, and the notes of that is, I'm going to compile that into a CMO brief and I'll send it out. And there are over 500 people like immediately signed up for that. Signed up meaning like, hey, tagged and said, hey, we want to be part of it. And I'm like, is that, would, that, would you consider that as like, a, like a, a, a perfect use case for, for this? I think it's a perfect use case as, as a front end lead magnet yeah. to encourage people to become a subscriber to whatever your free level is. Yeah. Right. So if you think about it, so let's say, so w- what, what would this be for? What, what brand would this be for? What terminus? Yeah. Okay. So, so let's say again, it, it's a bit redundant. It's what, kind of what everybody's going with, but let's say you want to have a terminus insider level. Right. right? And it's only <laughs> yeah. free. And yeah. so this is where you could be an insider on all the latest and greatest happenings in, you know, enterprise B2B. Right. right. So, so you, you, you define kind of who it's for. Yeah. And, and so the idea is you get this CMO brief when you become a subscriber. And so the top part of the page, and I can, I can send you a link to, uh, so that you're, if you want to link to model and if your viewers want to see kind of how yeah. we do it, but at the top of the page, it just looks like a standard opt-in form, right? Yeah. A standard registration form. Uh, it's what are you going to get? Some basic bullet points, but it makes it clear that you get this when you become an insider. Yeah. And then down below, there's a brief explanation of what does it mean to be an insider? What all do you get? And then when they sign up, it's great. Here's the thing that you want. And by the way, welcome to Insider. Yeah. And so all the welcome series that follows is all about how now you're an insider. Now you're, now you're yeah. this, be on the lookout for these other things. Keep, you know, stay on the lookout for our, our weekly newsletter, you know, that we're going out with. And so anything that, that you do, you could take something, maybe not this one, um, but you could take one that was more like a, just a dead on hit for your audience where you knew this yeah. was super relevant content. And you could take a podcast or a video yeah. and say, We've got this, but it's available for insiders only. So yeah. sign up to become an insider. Yeah. It's just, we're leveling up. We're not just generating leads, mm. right? We're creating membership 
we're beginning yeah. to create the seeds of community. And, and we're doing it with essentially a freemium offering. That is crazy. Now, have you tried the LinkedIn newsletter thing? I haven't tried the LinkedIn newsletter thing. I'm always terrified when it's something that is that valuable yeah. of a, you know, for us, our email list is the most valuable asset that we have yeah. at the company. And so, you know, I'll post on LinkedIn for the feed, but, you know, for all we know, LinkedIn could decide in a year, like, ah, we don't want to support that anymore. We're not yeah. really doing it. So yeah, I, I probably wouldn't go yeah. that route. Yeah, no, that's interesting because I started, uh, they give, they started a pilot program. So I said, oh, no, wait, let me just test this because I'm like so off, like, all right, newsletter, the work, I mean, putting out, I've been like off. So I'm like, let me, let, let me just test it because they sent an email out uh, as part of it. And within six, since January, since December 11th or something like that, uh, to, to like now it's about 6,000 people signed up for that newsletter. And I'm like, who are these people? Because I don't even know these people. And they're, I mean, I can see all that, but I don't have the, all of their email addresses. But every time I would create a newsletter and send it, which is every other day now, they would all get an email. And I, I would get all these people like following in comments. And I'm like, for the first time, I felt like, well, now I'm using LinkedIn for something that I can actually test and figure out and use it. And it's getting in someone, but I'm not getting on that as much engagement, if you will, like I would get a normal post. So I'm like, I have to like switch context. There's like, all right, this is an email newsletter. So people are getting it in an email. So they're not going right. to be commenting on it like crazy, which a normal post does. So, but it's, I'm testing out this idea of like newsletters. I mean, I, I've talked, I get all kinds of newsletter and I'm like, I want to create a newsletter that has a conversation going on. So I created these two fictitious characters, Sally and Joey where Sally is a up-and-coming market, up marketer or a leader in an organization, and Joey is more of like a mentor, and they just meet up for a coffee every morning. So I call this <laughs> newsletter Becoming Intentional, and it's a one-minute conversation they both have every single day um, when they meet up for a coffee. And that's yeah. all. Yeah, and that's, so let me, let me clarify something. I yeah. would not do a LinkedIn newsletter in lieu of a standard email newsletter. Now, in addition to... Yes. It's a different format and different product, so to speak. Love it, right? Yeah. It's the same, like, I, I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it at all. But what I would do is say, hey, if you like, you know, if you like content like this, then you should also see what we have going on, you know, for our insiders. Not only yeah. do our insiders get stuff like this, but they also get this and this and this. So that's kind of the ongoing call to action. So now really, maybe one of your goals for this newsletter, in addition to driving conversation and 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 engagement on LinkedIn as a whole is also to see how many of these folks can we get to port over to yeah. our to our email newsletter list. And actually, so you're kind of actually going to do take take the work of like clicking and actually coming to man because that's really the right people then. Yeah. That, and the awesome. ones that do, yeah, they're your super fans. They they will yeah. absolutely do that. And you should incentivize and you should advertise. Again, we talked about this, you know, having different lead magnets. Like if you do that that quarterly report, then you should advertise that in that newsletter so they know yeah. that in your LinkedIn newsletter, so they know they can go over here and get it, you know, and sign up. Just the key is you've got to treat them. Once they sign up, you've got to treat them like a member. Yeah. So often, especially in B2B, people get onto a list. We say, yeah, here's the thing that you asked for. Here's a download link. And the only follow-up that they get is from a sales rep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the two aren't mutually exclusive, right? Welcome them, you know, invite them, say, Hey, go check this out. Go check this thing out. Invite conversation, you know, in, in your welcome series, but really treat it like a free level of a product. product. It is that important. It's that valuable. I love that, man. All right. I took like 
three or four pages of notes. So I'm going to try to summarize in like maybe two, two or three big ideas. And then I would love for you to give a challenge to everybody who's listening to the podcast. Yeah. All right. So a couple of things. First of all, I feel like I, I like when we were going on the, the whole thing around being creative and testing and how you have found that in your own company and you're kind of incubating different ideas. I feel like every marketer and salesperson right now listening to this, they should think about them running their own business as a marketing team and keep testing these new ideas. Either it might be a newsletter, or it might be a different way of getting it. So I think this creative juices and one of the things that you talked about in your video that I watched was the biggest sin was like, don't be boring. Like be yeah. creative, be out there, be, do something that, is, that, that you're taking a stand for. So I, I feel like there was, there, there's a lot there on that part. Then the second big idea is we talked about the CMO brief that I'm working on, all the becoming intentional newsletter. And you talk about like email is the new big thing. I really want people to take a pause and, and really think about it because I think there are people that are content writers today and they're saying, I already do this. I have a blog and I write content three times a week. And then we send a weekly recap of all of my three blog posts. I send it to people. How is this different? Like, this is exactly what I do every single day. And I'm on top of that, I'm putting it on social and stuff like that. So how is that different? I want you to clarify this part, part, part of that. And then the last part that, that I felt like, I, I never thought about it this way until, until you mentioned it, Ryan, is like, how do you treat the people who sign up as members? Because when, I, when you use that word, I immediately thought it's like, you know, if I'm, I'm, I'm part of like the Lifetime Fitness, the, when a membership and I walk in there, it's a very different experience for me. It's like, oh, yeah, everything is available for you. You guys go here, here. This is your thing. Like they just treat you as if you are a VIP there. Not like, oh, here's another flyer for you now that you're in the building. It's a very different experience. So this idea of membership in a B2B context is, is, some, is something really, really big. And I'm going to take that as part and, and, and do something about it. But walk us through that challenge. Like when people say content, I got content, I'm sending recaps. How is this different? How, why would people do that over this? And then wrap up with the challenge for us. Yeah, the difference is, is it's in putting the content, putting the value directly into the medium of delivery, right? So it's the same as saying, but I am active on social. Look, I link out to my blog post multiple times a day. Oh, somebody on LinkedIn they don't want to see a link to a blog post somewhere else. They want to Nobody consume it in yeah. channel. They want to consume it in feed. Exactly. And so if you're sending out, and this is what most people do, and it's what we started doing. If you're blogging and posting content, then don't simply tell everybody, oh, I posted over here, click to go get value. Yeah. Put the value in the inbox. Now, I do love a structure of a newsletter. If you're looking for a really good structure of a newsletter, I like an opening article that has, that has value. And then I like, you know, three to five links where they can get additional value that's unrelated to the main offering. And then maybe we call it candy content, yeah. right? So maybe it's a, it's a fun little quiz or, you know, maybe something cool that you found on Reddit. You know, we have a marketing thing. So, we, you know, in our newsletter at the bottom, we close with an interesting swipe file, like something cool that we saw that somebody did. So we do it and, and put in there. But the, the two big differences between what they're probably doing now is, is number one, Put the value in the inbox. Don't make them leave the inbox to get it. Let them get value where they are in that moment. That's the first big thing. The second big thing is productize it. Yes, you're sending out content, but yeah. there's no context to it because it isn't a deliverable of a free product, of a free membership. So does your 
you know, you, your blog is probably at company name forward slash blog, right? <laughs> let's give it, let, let's name. give it a name. Let's give yeah. it some substance, give it some yeah. flesh and bones. And so if you create a true free product, even if it's like just Terminus Insider, Drift Insider, like that's what a lot of these, you know, companies are doing. Maybe you come up with your own name, yeah. but if you productize it, now I'm going to see more value in these, in these deliverables because it is a, it's a deliverable within, within an existing product, even if that product is free. So those, those two things, the distinction. I love that. All right. Wrap up with a challenge for everybody who's doing this right now, listening to this and, and wondering like, all right, how do I do this? What do I do? So I'll give, you, I'll give you kind of two challenges, if that's okay. One of them very tactical and the other one maybe a little bit more 30,000 foot. So the first challenge I would say is come up with a free membership for your site, something free. So if you've got a, an email newsletter, that email newsletter is now a deliverable in whatever your free product is, okay? If you've got a, a blog and you're doing some, you know, some premium content, if you're putting out gated content, great. Your library of gated content Everybody gets when they become a member. Start treating your subscribers, not merely as subscribers, but as members. And this is important. Don't just take everybody who's on your list and just drop them in. Have them re-opt in. Have them re-register. Actively remarket to them so that they see the value in. Mm. So that's the first challenge. What is it called and what do they get? And what they should get is some collection of gated content that you probably already have, a library of gated content. Uh, and then they should also get likely a, a weekly, uh, maybe even you decide to go with a daily newsletter. So yeah. that's kind of the first tactical challenge. The second challenge that I would make, especially for those of you who are B2B, especially marketers, stop just hanging out with marketers. Y'all need to get more redneck friends. <laughs> and, like, and what I mean is you need to hang out with more normal people. Yeah. Because while we're geeking out about you know, TikTok and the latest marketing trend and always wanting to stay cutting edge and wanting to brag about all the new and cool stuff that we're doing, which I agree with what you said. We should be testing. We yeah. should be trying the new, but it all needs to be in the context of what are our customers interested in today? Mm -hmm. What do they care about? We shouldn't be trying the new just because, you know, a marketer told us that we should. We need to be talking to our customers, talking to real people and finding out what are they interested in and falling in love with things, even if it's old, even if it's yeah. old and funky like email. But we should be asking ourselves, how do we do something new with the channels that are where our customers already are today? Don't innovate in the channels that you go after. Innovate in your approach and in the value that you deliver uh, within the channels that you're, where your customers already are. You do not have to be the first to these channels. There's very, very little benefit to that. Uh, what Ooh. you need to be is the best in the channels that they are. I love that. Innovate in the channel. Don't try to innovate with the, with the new channel. I love that, man. Ryan, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. There's so much wisdom in this. I'm going to go listen to this again because this whole idea of membership got me thinking in a big way. Thank you so much. Thanks, buddy. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.